It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it through a weekend. Welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Monday, September 18th. I should have said, hope you had a great weekend. I had an okay weekend. My daughter had a great weekend. She was at Bourbon and Beyond all weekend. I could hear Bruno Mars from my porch, but my 26-year-old daughter, who could probably hear it from her porch as well, in fact, her house is closer than mine, she had to go, and she did, and now she's tired on a Monday when you got to go back to work. Welcome to the show. Six-pack this weekend, two and four. Thank you, North Carolina Tar Heels. Thank you, Baltimore Ravens. Everybody else can suck it. Overall, 9-9 nine and nine now, so treading water. We'll try again this Friday to give you some winners. I'll try to give you a couple winners tonight. Monday Night Football, doubleheader night tonight. I don't know how long they're going to do this. I know doubleheader tonight and next week. Maybe this is for the entire season. One game on ESPN, one game on ABC, which is WHJS 11 locally. New Orleans and Carolina – We'll get things going at 7.15 kickoff on ESPN, and then Steelers host the Browns at 8.15 on ABC. Staggered start. You get near halftime in the first game. The second game starts. You get to halftime of the first game. You can flip over, watch maybe the first quarter, then back over to see the end of the New Orleans-Carolina game, then back over to see the end of the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game, or you can pick one. I like one standalone game on Monday night. That's just me. I like a standalone game on Sunday night and a standalone game on Monday night. I don't need a Monday night doubleheader, but okay. We'll try it. We'll see what's going on. We'll see what happens. Eminem Cartage Hotline's open, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line Open as always, 502-414-1450. Get in your car, run to Thornton's, get that icy cold fountain drink. It's a thirst quencher, trust me. 32 ounces or smaller, only 89 cents. So come in today, grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. The Tony and Big Al NFL locks went 3-2, and two for the second consecutive week. So they are 6-4 and four overall. That is uh, leaps and bounds better than 9-9. Nine and nine. Well, not leaps and bounds, but it's better than 9-9. Nine and nine. So Tony Burke will be in studio on Thursday. We'll give you another, uh, another dose of Tony and Big Al the Fish's NFL locks. So far, they haven't been locks, but they have been profitable. And really, that's all we're looking for profitable. If you bet $100 on each game, you would be up $80, and now you would be up $160. You'd be up 80 bucks each week. That's all you're looking for. Bad wins, good losses, we're going to look at those today. There are always bad wins. There are always bad wins. You win the game, but somebody gets hurt or you know, you didn't play as well as you should have. You were exposed, yet you got out of there with a victory. 
Those are bad wins. Good losses? Coach once told me there's no such thing as a good loss. Did Colorado State have a good loss this weekend? They should have won the game uh, at Colorado. They were up eight, two minutes to go. Colorado had the ball at their own two-yard line. They had to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. They did it. They win it in double overtime. The Dion love fest continues. Is that a good loss for Colorado State? Did Indiana have a good loss this weekend? Louisville led 21-0 at halftime. That game looked like it was going to be 45-zip. When you went to the fridge at halftime or went to use the facilities or whatever you do at halftime, checked on other games, you thought, I might not even have to watch this fourth quarter. Not true. Was that a good loss for Indiana? Now, Indiana had a chance to tie the game. They were half a yard away. From a tie, third down, couldn't get the ball in. Couldn't get the ball in. Is that a bad win for Louisville? It's a win. You're 3-0. and Obviously, 3-0 and is better than 2-1. and Louisville confuses me. Don't be, I, I like Louisville this weekend, giving 10. And boy, I felt good for quite a while. Quite a while. But Louisville confuses me. Terrible first half against Georgia Tech. Unbelievably great second half against Georgia Tech. Great first half against Indiana. Horrible offensive first half or second half against against the Hoosiers. They confuse me. Kentucky confuses me. 35-3 over Akron. Okay, you're supposed to beat Akron. You covered. One of the few local teams that covered. You did cover. But... After the opening drive, it's a slow start the rest of the first half. Penalties, untimely penalties, bad snaps, shotgun snaps over the quarterback's head. Turnovers, three turnovers on the night against Akron. It's not going to work in the SEC. In fact, it's not going to work next week at Vanderbilt. I will say this. If they turn the ball over three times against Vanderbilt, they will lose that football game. Kentucky is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite in their first road game, which is also their first SEC game, against a Vanderbilt team that's 2-and-2, two two, heartbreaking loss to UNLV on the road this weekend. They haven't beaten anybody that's great, that's good even. Ray Davis with a homecoming, he should be jacked up. The whole team should be jacked up for Ray Davis, who, by the way, was basically the reason the Cats covered the spread on uh, on Saturday. And their defense. Their defense was good. Defense was very good. The Fireflies are back uh, in here. Uh, the Nats are back. Uh, fruit Flies, I should say. Dave, what do we do? Call for, is there anything to spray? Do I have any spray here? So I'm confused about... Louisville, I'm confused about Kentucky. I think we kind of know who Indiana is, although their quarterback play, I like Taven Jackson. I like him a lot. Threw his first touchdown pass. Second half, he was he was good. The play calling at the goal line uh, left a lot to be desired there. But that's not on Taven Jackson. I thought he was good. 
I think Indiana's got themselves a quarterback. You got Akron this weekend. The Zips are making their rounds in the uh, Midwest here. And after that, you get into Big Big Ten play, and it's going to get it could get ugly. But at least you've got a capable quarterback. Anytime you have a capable quarterback, you have a shot. You have a shot to cover. You have a shot to win certain games. You know who doesn't have a capable quarterback? Alabama. Remember when we used to say, doesn't matter who plays quarterback at Alabama. Every other position has five-star All-Americans. Well, maybe it does matter who plays quarterback. We said that when it was Tua Tungavailoa. We said that when it was Jalen Hurts. We said that when it was Mac Jones. Those guys are NFL starting quarterbacks now. There's not one of those guys on this Alabama roster it doesn't look like. Alabama beat South Florida 17-3. There is your definition of a bad win. Alabama dropped three spots in the poll, four spots in the poll to 13th yesterday. Because that was not impressive at all. Not impressive. If they're playing anybody any good, they lose that game Saturday. That's a bad win. And I don't know. They got Ole Miss this weekend on the road. Lane Kiffin's licking his chops. We begin with Louisville over Indiana today. uh, 21-14 was the final score. It was 21-0 at halftime. I go back to the fourth and a half yard to go. Josh Henderson tries to go, I guess, instead of right up the gut, a little bit off tackle there. Stan Quan Clark stops him, gets a little help. 438 to play. If you score there, then Tom Allen's going to have to decide, do we want to go for two here? We're Indiana. I would have gone for two. We're we're never going to know because they didn't score. Henderson is stopped. The Cards are now 3-0 for the first time since 2016. By the way, that's Jeff Brom's first win in Lucas Oil Stadium. His third game as a head coach in Lucas Oil Stadium. Do you remember the other two? He lost to Louisville in his Purdue opener. First game of his head coaching career at Purdue, he lost to Louisville. 2017. Final game in his Purdue tenure, he lost the Big Ten championship game last year in Lucas Oil Stadium to Michigan. Kept it close for a half, but Michigan is still Michigan. So Jeff is now 1-2 and two in Lucas Oil Stadium as a head coach. But he, the cards are now 3-0 and for the first time since 2016. Now you got Boston College coming in this weekend. BC was terrible first two games. Terrible. Just not a good football team. Not a fun watch. One and one. Saturday they played Florida State in Chestnut Hill. Home game for the Eagles. Red Bandana Day in honor of a 9-11 hero who saved other people but uh, perished on that day. And that crowd was jacked up. Jacked up. It was 31-16 Florida State after three quarters. And Boston College said, we don't care. They were a two-point conversion away from tying that game. 
against the number three, now the number four team in the country, the Seminoles. I don't know which BC team you're going to see this weekend. I would assume they have a major letdown. Again, I go back to this. Road, home game. Now, usually it takes a win to have a letdown. It felt like a Boston College win. It wasn't. That's a good loss. Is that one of those good losses that a coach once told me there are no such thing as? Was that a good loss for Boston College? Bad win for Florida State? They lost the game, but man, it was an emotional day. They were in it till the end. They had a shot. Now you go on the road, conference game against Louisville. It is a letdown waiting to happen for BC. Louisville, by the way, is a 14-point favorite early against Boston College. 3.30 at the stadium, ACC Network. Um, cards 1-0 already in conference, trying to get to 2-0. Uh, the Indiana onside kick, great, great call. Great call. You think back to the Super Bowl when Sean Payton did it for New Orleans. Louisville was not ready for it. Indiana executed it perfectly, went down and scored, and all of a sudden, it's 21-7 and back in the game. Because when you're coming out for halftime, and you could hear the announcers say it, Louisville's going to get the ball first. Indiana's going to have to get a stop. Tom Allen didn't let Louisville get the ball first. At least he did everything he could to not let Louisville get the ball first, and it worked. Doesn't always work, but it worked. Jack Plummer was good for the cards. 13 of 23, I, that's not great, but it's manageable. 238, one touchdown, one interception. He ran the ball well, especially late in the game when they needed first downs to keep the clock moving. He scrambled well. Uh, this team's going to be Jawar Jordan and Jamari Thrash. That's it. Offensively, that's what this team's going to be. I said this last week. I like the defense. I like the way they they rally the ball. I like the speed of the defense. Offensively, Plummer's going to be Plummer. He's he's Zach Wilson right now, and that's no offense to either guy, but he's just got to be a game manager, right? Don't throw interceptions. Let the defense do their thing. Give the ball to Jordan. Get the ball to Thrash in open space. That's it. Don't take unnecessary chances. Jawar Jordan, 18 carries, 113 yards, touchdown, a 25-yard touchdown at the end of the half that turned out to be crucial. We didn't think so at the time, but it turned out to be much needed. Jamari Thrash, four catches, 159, including an 85-yard deep in route that he just said, see ya. See ya. He's he's something. I think all his catches were in the first half, too. Because I remember saying, man, he's on pace for 300 yards receiving here. Well, either Louisville didn't do a good job of getting him the ball in the second half or Tennessee, or Tennessee, excuse me. Indiana adjusted and said he's not getting the ball in the second half. Either way, he is the threat in the passing game. They got other guys that can make plays, but he's the man. Taven Jackson for Indiana, 24 of 34, 249, a touchdown, an interception. Indiana, however, only rushed 27 times for 58 yards. 
Part of that is they're not a good running offense, but a big part of that is Louisville defensively. Really like this team defensively. Lucas was great for IU. He had 10 catches, 98 yards, uh, including that long touchdown to open the second half. I liked what I saw out of IU, but I I liked what I saw about Louisville out of Louisville too for a half, for a half. They played literally three games, but only two good games. The entire Murray State game, second half of the Georgia Tech game, first half of the Indiana game. There are going to be games, and Murray State was not one of them, where you're going to have to play all four quarters well. And if they do, I think they have a legitimate chance to win eight or nine games here, maybe ten. Notre Dame's going to be a challenge. At Miami, we have learned the hard way here early in the season is going to be a challenge. At Pitt is going to be a challenge, even though Pitt has a lot of issues scoring the ball. They lost at West Virginia this weekend, and their offense was anemic. I feel better about the Pittsburgh game than I did before the season started. Um... At NC State, coming up after Boston College, I feel better about that than I did when the season started because I've watched NC State struggle against Connecticut and eventually get blown out by Notre Dame. Brandon Armstrong, former Virginia quarterback, I'm not impressed. Louisville could be 5-0 and when Notre Dame comes to town. And wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? Anybody that knows Jeff Brom knows that the one job he wanted when he started his coaching career was Notre Dame. He visited Notre Dame to play for them. Chose Louisville. The one job he always coveted was Notre Dame. I think things change. Things have changed now. He's happy where he's at. Doesn't mean if eventually Notre Dame came calling, he wouldn't leave. But it would be a heck of a lot tougher now for him to leave because he's home, he's beloved, and he's winning. All that goes hand in hand. All right, let's take a break. Talk about Kentucky's win over Akron. I got to get to the NFL. Crazy. New college poll, baseball, good weekend, not a great weekend for the Reds. We'll talk about all that. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open. 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Thorne's text line as well is open, 502-414-1450. Texter wants to know if Indiana had a moral victory this weekend. Ah, no, I don't think so. You know, it's a 10-point spread. It wasn't 21. You're trying to win the football game, right? You're trying to win the football game. Colorado State had a moral victory this weekend. South Florida against Alabama had a moral victory. I don't think Indiana had a moral victory especially after what happened on that late possession. You had a chance to tie the game, maybe win it, maybe win it with a two-point conversion. 
Uh, by the way, uh, we're going to be at Salsaritas on Friday, the uh, East End location in Louisville. So uh, come see us, 11 a, oh, 12 o'clock. I'm sorry. I forgot what time my show starts today. 12 o'clock noon, Friday, till 1, till one o'clock, we'll be at Salsaritas. Come in, get you some food, and uh, hang out for the show. There you go. That's a public service announcement. Salsaritas on Friday. Uh, the line will begin forming about 9 a.m., I think. So get there early. That is sarcasm, in case you were wondering. All right. Um, by the way, Indiana is a 17-point favorite at home against Akron this weekend. Speaking of Akron, Kentucky 35, Akron 3. The good news, you're 3-0. and The bad news, I don't know how good this team is, and I am worried – I sent one of my UK friends a text during the game, and it just said the big blue wall stinks. Now, Kenneth Horsey's hurt, but the big blue wall is not much of a wall right now. In fact, the 58-yard exhilarating catch and run from Ray Davis should have never happened. Devin Leary was hit early in that play by two guys. I don't know how he got out of it. I don't know how he found Ray Davis, but he did. And Davis went across the field, ran about 80 yards to run 58 for a touchdown. Biggest play of the game. Most, one of the most exciting plays I saw this weekend in all the college football games. But, you know, bad snaps from uh, the center. You can't have that in SEC play. Three turnovers. You can't have that in SEC play. Defense, solid again. I like the defense. Leary was 16 of 26, 315, uh, three touchdowns, interceptions. So that's about 20 yards per completion. That's that's not bad. Ray Davis, seven carries, 72 yards. 55 of it was on a late touchdown run. And, of course, three catches, 97 yards, 58 of which was on that touchdown catch. Kentucky's 13 and a half this weekend at Vanderbilt, noon on the SEC network. That's a nooner, which I think it's 11 a.m. down in Nashville. Those are always scary. I don't care. Ask Florida State. Those are always scary. Those early road game starts. Ooh, scary. Scary, scary, scary. Harry, scary. Um, I don't know who's good. I really don't. I don't know who's good. Georgia's number one in the country, and they should be. Until somebody knocks them off, I don't care what they win by. They won two national championships in a row. They're going for a three-peat. They should be number one. Plain and simple. But South Carolina went into Athens and led 14-3 to at halftime. Spencer Rattler who lost to North Carolina, got you know, excommunicated from Oklahoma when they found a better quarterback. He's good. He is good. But he's still Spencer Rattler. We're not going to talk about Spencer in the Heisman Trophy watch. They led Georgia 14-3 at halftime. I go back to this. Stetson Bennett's not there anymore. Right? He's not. Alabama needs a quarterback. Georgia, they got Carson Beck. Is he good enough? I don't know. Defense is still pretty good. They didn't give up a point in the second half. They beat South Carolina 24-14. to I don't know if they're good. 
I don't. Michigan's number two. I have no idea how good Michigan is. Jim Harbaugh is still serving his suspension. Uh, they beat Bowling Green State this weekend, 31-6. to All right. Play somebody. Is that fair? Play somebody. Uh, the Sparty. <laughs> Harbaugh is going to miss one more game, by the way. Do you know who it's against? I think it's Rutgers. Michigan has beaten, get your pins out, East Carolina 30-3, to UNLV 35-7, to Bowling Green 31-6, to all at home. They got Rutgers at home at noon Saturday. Then Jim Harbaugh comes back. They, have, they are at Nebraska, at Minnesota, Indiana at home, at Michigan State, Purdue at home. That's an awful schedule. I mean, if you're playing Big Ten football, here's who you want to play. <laughs> Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue. That's who you want to play. I would throw Illinois in there, but they don't play Illinois. They finish the season at Penn State, at Maryland, and Ohio State at home, at home uh, the big rivalry game. That's not a good schedule. That's not. Not, not even in the Big Ten is that a good schedule. But it, you know what it is? It's a Final Four schedule. It's a get-to-the-playoff schedule. Because if you win at Penn State and you win at Ohio State, and maybe if you just win one of those games and then win the Big Ten championship game, you're in the playoff. That's it. You're in the playoff. Because you're not losing any of these other games. We saw Michigan State this weekend get – trucked, destroyed by Washington at home. There is so much going on in East Lansing, and Mel Tucker suspended allegations of sexual harassment against the head coach who's got a $95 million 10-year contract. It's always something at Michigan State. Tom Izzo's the only person at Michigan State that doesn't get in trouble. They're, they stink. They stink. I don't know how good Ohio State is, although they looked really good this weekend against Western. 63-10. to 10. Uh, Defensive touchdowns. Western could not stop. Well, they couldn't stop Ohio State. I question whether they could have stopped anybody. Ohio State ran up uh, 562 yards against uh, the toppers. And we can't, look, I said on the show I would have taken the points here, but we should have seen this coming. They gave up 24 to South Florida, 22 to a bad, really bad Houston Christian team. Those teams aren't Ohio State. Those teams are not Ohio State. But again, I don't know. We're going to find out how good Ohio State is this weekend. If there's one game I'm looking forward to this weekend, Ohio State at Notre Dame Saturday night. Strap it on. Strap it on. That could be a good one. I don't know how good – I'm looking at these top ten teams. I don't know how good Texas is. Texas goes into Tuscaloosa last week, beats Alabama. 
Very impressive. I had Texas. I had them winning outright. Very proud of that pick. Then they come home. End of the third quarter on Saturday night, it was Texas 10, Wyoming 10. I know Wyoming beat Texas Tech. Doesn't matter. That game was in Laramie. I can't find Laramie if you give me a map and show me Wyoming. All right? So this was not in Laramie. This was in Austin, Texas. It's Now it goes back to letdown theory. You just beat a number top five team. Now you now they were at home though. Texas, it, it's not letdown theory worthy because Texas was at home. Ten to t- now they won thirty one to ten. They end up blowing them out in the fourth quarter. Florida State, I thought Florida State was good. They they crush LSU. LSU impressive the next two weeks. They were very impressive Saturday at Mississippi State. So I thought okay, Florida State pretty good. 31-29 over Boston College. Boston College. I bet on USC to win the national championship before the season started. I did. Full disclosure, I don't know how good USC is. They've got the Heisman Trophy winner from last year still on the team at quarterback. Um, They've got a manageable schedule in the Pac-12. By the way, the Pac-12 still has eight teams in the top 25. Eight of their 12 are in the top 25, and six of those 12 will not be in the conference next year. Wow. USC has beaten San Jose State. They put up 56. They beat Nevada. They put up 56. Conference win over Stanford, they put up 56. I'm sorry, 66 against Nevada. My bad. They're at Arizona State Saturday. Then they go to Boulder to play Dion. Then after a home game against Arizona, they travel to South Bend to take on the Irish. We can talk all we want about Notre Dame's easy early schedule, which included Central Michigan and and Navy and whoever, uh, NC State on the road, one of those ACC games they have to play. Man, they got Ohio State and uh, USC two out of the next three weeks. Whew. No, thank you. Two out of the next four weeks, I should say. No, thank you. But I like Southern Cal. At Notre Dame is the big game, though. If they win that one, they're in the national ch- And even if they play close, if they can win all their other games, which they're going to be favored in all of them, with a probably a close spread when they go to Oregon's second-to-last game of the year, they win all those games, even if they lose to Notre Dame. It's a good chance they're going to be in the, in the uh, playoff. Because Georgia, Alabama, Alabama's going to falter again. They're going to be out. SEC, I think, is only going to get one team in this year. They're only going to get one team in, and it's probably going to be Georgia. Penn State, I think Penn State's good. Southern Cal, I think, is good. Caleb Williams, look, returning Heisman winner. They're off. They're going to put up numbers. They are going to score. Can they stop Colorado? Can they stop Notre Dame? Can they stop Oregon? I don't know the answer to those questions. Those are all road games for SC, by the way. But they're going to put up 40-plus points a game, even against 
the better competition because their offense is built to do that. Lincoln Riley is built to do that. I think Washington's good. Michael Penix is a absolute stud, sleeper for the Heisman. Maybe not a sleeper anymore because he's been unbelievably impressive. And for the record, I don't think they play um, Southern Cal. I'm going to look real quick. Yeah, I'm sorry, they do. Southern Cal hosts Washington right before they go to Oregon. Wow, that schedule just got tougher. (laughs) Sometimes I should do research before I come on the air. I think Washington's good, and I know Michael Penix is good. Every time Michael Penix throws a pass, Indiana fan just cringes. Oh, yeah, we had him. He kept getting hurt in Bloomington. It's nobody's fault that he's in Washington now. Notre Dame is nice. I think they're good. I think they're good. I'm kind of sold on Marcus Freeman. The players love him. They play hard for him. Is he a great coach? I don't know the answer to that question yet. I don't know the answer to that question. You can be beloved by your players. Doesn't mean you're a great coach. So far, so good would be my answer to that question. Is he a great coach? So far, so good. We're going to find out in the next few weeks. When you're playing Ohio State and Southern Cal, it's not, it's not just about motivation. It's about X's and O's and executing on defense. Oregon is 10th in the country. I don't know. Texas Tech had Oregon beat. Had them beat. And Texas Tech, remember, lost to Wyoming in Laramie. Oregon, that's going to be fun next week, by the way. Oregon and Colorado, 3.30 on ABC. The point spread in that game, if you said 21, you would be right. Oregon is a three-touchdown favorite against Colorado. Now, Colorado's going to be without Travis Hunter. The do-everything, played 109 snaps in the opening weekend, five-star, great player. Going to be a terrific player, whatever he does in the NFL. And I love the Dion hype. I do. I'm a Dion fan. I am. But let me tell you something. When you say it's personal, then don't get mad when Colorado State knocks your best player out of the game. Was it a cheap shot? Yes. Should the Colorado State player have been kicked out of the game because of that hit? Yes, he should have. He should have because he knocked Travis Hunter out of the game, sent him to the hospital. Rib injury. He's going to be out a few weeks. He's going to miss the Oregon game. He's going to miss the USC game. He is an unbelievable player. But when you start talking, and Dion can't help but talk, and you say he made it personal, it's personal, it's Colorado, Colorado State, it's a rivalry game, and now it's personal, then don't get mad when a guy on the other team makes it personal and knocks your player out of the game. You can't get mad at that. You're the one that said it's personal. Jay Norvell, the head coach at Colorado State, made some comments, but he never said it's personal. He might have been joking. He might not have been joking. He was trying to motivate his team. I take my hat and my sunglasses off when I talk to grown-ups. That's the way my mama taught me. Dion didn't like that. 
And Dion talked back and told his team, it's personal now. Well, you know what? Jay Norvell probably went into his team behind the cameras, not in front of them like Dion always is, and said, yeah, Dion's right. It is personal. You guys should take it personal. And they did. Then they should have won the game. And don't get mad when they knock your best player out of the game. Don't do it. It wasn't a headshot. It was a cheap shot. It wasn't a headshot. Knocked him out of the game. You know why they knocked him out of the game? Because Dion said it was personal. And I don't know how good Colorado is either, by the way. They can score. Deion's son is a, looks like a terrific quarterback. He's played great so far. His numbers are off the charts. His other son had a pick six against the, the uh, Colorado State Rams. His, his son at quarterback is a Heisman Trophy candidate. And Dion has brought in some guy. He's brought in some dudes, and they're making plays. You go from double-A baseball to major league, trying to hit a major league curveball this weekend when you go to Oregon, right? You've been hitting fastballs. Colorado State, Nebraska, they threw you fastballs. TCU threw you fastballs. Guess what? You're going to need a change-up, curveball, slider, swerve, slurve, sweeper. You're going to see a whole repertoire from Oregon. Can you hit that ball? We'll see. We'll take a break. Come back. NFL News and the Reds are still in it. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment on this Monday. I never have enough time on Monday. Just too much going on on the weekend. And Dave's not going to stay for another hour so I can fill it. I can tell you that right now. And I don't blame him. I'd like to fill it. I don't want to stay another hour. Not with all the fruit flies flying around, I can tell you that. Eminem Cardi Jotline is open, 384-1450. Last chance to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Or you can hit me up on the text machine, 502-414-1450. Texter says, I'm not sold on Louisville's defense yet. They gave up four straight touchdowns to a weak Georgia Tech team in one quarter. But as they play stronger competition, hopefully they'll get better. That is true, but that was in the first quarter, first second quarter of the first game. They were great in the second half. And they did give up two touchdowns to Indiana in the second half. So, yeah, that's a good argument. I like the defense. I've seen them in person. Granted, it was against a bad team. But they got speed. You can see speed, and they rally the football. Uh I'm not going to say we'll know a lot more after Boston College. We'll know a lot more after the next two games. Same texture says, Georgia has one of the easiest schedules of the country, far easier than Michigan. Georgia plays no one except Tennessee, and they stink. Well, body odor is one thing, but uh, are they good football players? Tennessee drops one to Florida this weekend. Now, I was in the swamp. Florida's a wounded animal after losing to Utah and Everybody talking about Billy Napier's job. I took Tennessee in the six-pack. Looking back, that was D-U-M-B dumb. Every letter capitalized. I should have stayed away from that game. Florida 29, Tennessee 16. Graham Mertz was good? Question mark? Tennessee dropped 12 spots to number 23 in the poll this week. Uh, The other game, Missouri-Kansas State. Great game, early game. 
Uh, Missouri with a 61-yard field goal to win it. Congratulations, Harrison Mevis, who's – he doesn't look exactly like me, but his nickname is the Thicker Kicker. So, immediately, I like him. 61-yard field goal. I think that's a SEC uh, – a record for an SEC game, two SEC opponents. 61 yards. Well done, you. Uh, I got to give you a couple picks tonight, and I don't want to forget, so let's go with that. New Orleans and Carolina. In Carolina, the Saints are 1-0 after a squeaky victory in week one against Atlanta. Carolina's still got a rookie quarterback. Um, ESPN tonight, 715. New Orleans is a three-point favorite over under 39.5. These over, by the way, one o'clock window yesterday, the overs hit seven out of eight games, which means I hit a seven out of eight on my 18 parlay. Oh, that's painful. Would have paid $882. Would have, could have, should have. However, I did hit the second parlay of the day because the four o'clock window games, all four of them did go over. So 11 of the 12 day games in the NFL went over the total yesterday. Thursday night football went under. Sunday night football went under. We'll see what Monday night does. Uh, I like New Orleans here. Um, I think they're going to get after Bryce Young. I think it's a low-scoring game. And I'm just going to take uh, Derek Carr over uh, Chase, uh, over uh, whatever the quarterback's name is for Carolina. Number one pick in the draft, and I can't remember his name. Bryce Young. 8-15 Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Cleveland beat the Bengals last week at home. Pittsburgh got got trucked by uh, San Francisco at home. I'm going to take Mike Tomlin in this game. You're going to give me two points in Pittsburgh at home on a Monday night? I'm taking the Steelers. Over-under is 38 in that game. Uh, but I'm taking the Steelers there. All right. Uh, winning time, rise of the Lakers dynasty. I know uh, TJ from the morning show, the uh, Kentucky roll call guys, doesn't want me to spoil anything. It was the final episode of the season, episode seven. Season one had 10 episodes. Season two had seven episodes. And it focused on the 84 championship series between the Lakers and the Celtics. It was great. It was great. I loved every minute of it last night. I knew the Celtics won because I was in Boston in 1984 during game five. I was there. I wasn't at Boston Garden. I was at Fenway Park. The Red Sox, I'm going to say were playing the Brewers, although I might be mistaken on who they were playing. And at 9 o'clock on the Fenway Park clock, the game time Primetime Lakers-Celtics game five in the garden. Everybody in Fenway Park stood up and started chanting, beat L.A. And that night, the Red Arback turned the heat up in the Boston Garden. You couldn't catch your breath. Fans were taking their shirts off. It was so hot and humid in the garden, and the Celtics beat the Lakers, destroyed them in game five. Um, Celtics went on to win that championship in game seven at the Boston Garden. And now the rest of the series should be the Lakers beating the Celtics twice in the finals in the 80s. But after the show, 
I go to Twitter to find out on the entertainment news that uh, Winning Time has been canceled by HBO. Oh, my God. I should have known. Because at the end credits, they were saying stuff like Magic and Larry Bird, you know, went on to win, be an all-star 24 times or whatever it was. Eight, they won eight championships between them, all this stuff. And I thought, well, why are they saying all this? Because they're giving away what's coming up in the next few seasons. Well, there's not going to be a next few seasons. That's why they were telling us all that stuff. I'm, I'm uh, disappointed. Maybe Netflix picks it up. Who knows? This happens sometimes. Shows get canceled. Other networks pick them up. Maybe Netflix says, hey, you know, let's save this and put a couple more seasons together. I hope so. Because I loved it. Uh, John C. Riley as Dr. Jerry Buss was great. Jason Clark played Jerry West. He didn't, it wasn't anything like what I imagined Jerry West was like, but he was good. Uh, Adrian Brody as Pat Riley. The young guys that played Magic and Bird and, and uh, Kareem, they were good. Norm Nixon's son played uh, Norm Nixon. His real son, actual son, played Norm Nixon in the series. The women who played uh, Jeannie Buss, she was great. Jerry Buss's uh, ex-wife, Honey, that's suing him for $100 million as the season ends last night. She was fantastic. It, it just very entertaining show. Look at the camera a lot kind of show grainy video kind of show. The grainy video is not actual video from the 80s. They just filmed it that way to make it seem like it was the 80s. I thought it was a nice touch. And I was shocked last night when I read that uh, it was canceled. Shocked. I was hurt. I'm not going to lie. I was hurt. All right. Uh, do I want to talk NFL or Reds here? Let's have the let's have the listeners vote. Wait a minute. We don't have time to do that. Um. Bengals are 0-2. I will say that. They lost at home to Baltimore yesterday. It was one of my few winners in the six-pack. And Joe Burrow may have re-injured. He definitely re-aggravated that calf injury late in the game. Is it uh, re-injured? Is he going to play next week, Monday night game next week? Uh, we'll wait and see. 0-2 is no good. But you know what's worse than 0-2? 0-3. And 0-2 is not as bad as it used to be because now there are 17 games and not 16 games. But the Bengals got a Monday nighter at home against the Rams next weekend. I said yesterday was a must win because you don't want to go 0-2 in your division. That's where they're at right now. 0-2 in the division. Not good. Not good. All right, the Reds, they had a – they didn't have a great weekend, but they didn't have a bad weekend, if that makes any sense. They uh, won two of three in New York against the Mets. In the meantime, the Cubs were losing three to Arizona. So Arizona advantaged uh, D-backs there. They are now the number two team in the wild card behind the Phillies. The Marlins swept the Braves. If you're a Reds fan, you did not want that to happen. Marlins and Cubs are now tied for the third wild card with the Marlins holding the tiebreaker. The Reds are a half game behind both of those teams. Now, the losers this weekend were the Giants. They lost three out of four to Colorado, and they are now three back, two back of the wild card, a game and a half behind Cincinnati. Reds in action tonight. They're at home. 
Three-game set against the Minnesota Twins. They've got to win two. I'd love to see them win three. Joe Ryan for the Twins tonight, 10-9 with a 4.20 ERA. Connor Phillips called up from Louisville to pitch for the Reds tonight. He has no record, 8.31 major league earner on average. Miami is hosting the Mets. So the Reds just took two out of three from the Mets. They're big Mets fans all of a sudden. Arizona, uh, the Diamondbacks have a day off today. They will uh, open a series Tuesday at home, two games set against the Giants, and then they'll go to New York this weekend to play the Yankees. The Reds, meanwhile, I mentioned three with Minnesota starting today. They're off Thursday, and then three on the weekend at home against Pittsburgh. So the Reds are in a good spot. They're in a good spot. They're 78 and 73. A couple of weeks ago, they hit the over on the total of number of wins they were predicted to have at the beginning of the season. Um, but, you know, it, you won the first two in New York, and then the Mets thumped them yesterday, 8-4. to four. Kevin Wallace, head coach of the Sanex Tigers, joins me tomorrow. We'll preview this Friday's Sanex Trinity Showdown. No show Wednesday for Bats Baseball. Tony Burke will join me in studio Thursday. Long week ahead. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Oh,